Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Razorback Nation, welcome to this episode of the Hog Talk Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, make sure you hit the subscribe button and leave us a review while you're listening on your Apple device. You can also catch us on Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and any popular podcast platform. You can also catch the Hog Talk daily, following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Discord, and our website, thehogpen.net. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Hog Talk. Razorback Nation, and welcome to episode number 38 of the Hog Talk Podcast. This is Jacob Davis, your host. My co-host is always Ty Hudson in Springdale, Arkansas of the Pig Trail Podcast. How's it going, Ty? I'm doing I'm doing well. I'm doing well, Jacob. How about yourself, sir? Well, I bet it's warm up there in northwest Arkansas. <laughs> it's been a little strange as the weather typically is up here. It's hot one day and cold the next, but there certainly is enough fire at the uh at the at the university to keep you warm. The dumpster fire over the weekend was just warm and toasty. We could feel it all the way over here in East Springdale. It's um, a sight to behold. Uh, people are, it's mixed emotions this weekend coming off of yet another embarrassing loss. And then you turn around and you do the right thing. I believe in firing Chad Morris and walking away from, from that mess. Uh, yeah, it's. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, it it was a rough road. Yeah, it it, it was, was a tough year and eight months with Chad, which all all good luck. I send my uh, well wishes to Chad Morris and his family mm-hmm. as they go in the next step of their lives and his professional, uh, co- uh professional career mm-hmm. in coaching. But it was time for a change. There, it was not going to get better. It, look. I've seen a lot of this already, and someone had posted in my comment section today. I think it was there. Maybe it was somewhere on Twitter. I swear it was on my YouTube comments. But they said the next guy up, whoever they hire, we have to absolutely give them more than two years. And I'm not. A, it's not that I'm opposed to that. It's that it, it, it had more to do with time with Chad than anything. Yeah. It was, or excuse me, it had it had more to do with with a lack of of winning and a lack of of overall yeah. just getting the job Prepared. done. And that's not to say that we expected him to come in here and beat Auburn and, and be competitive against Alabama in the first two years. It was I don't know. Don't lose to Colorado State. Don't lose to North Texas. Actually, get throttled against North Texas. Don't lose to San Jose State. Don't get throttled. Actually, don't lose to Western Kentucky. Those are the reasons why Chad is gone. It's not just about, well, the next guy, the next guy up needs to be given more than two years. 
well, the next guy needs to not lose to those teams that I just mentioned. Yeah. And then, you know, and then he'll be fine. I, again, nobody here, myself, Porter, our, our producer, and of course, Jacob, none of us were asking him to go out and do something impossible like beating uh, an Auburn or even an A&M, just be competitive. And we didn't even get that. Yeah. And it was, it's not that, you know, the two years he, he's been here, he has never prepared a team to go in an SEC game and win. Oh not this gosh. year. You couldn't prepare for a running, I mean, a wide receiver playing quarterback. Yeah. You couldn't prepare for that, and you had two weeks to prepare. The lack of preparation, you know. Yeah. It just, it was bad. It was so bad. Yeah. It, it, every week in and week out. And, and they regressed. That's the other thing about this that's so yeah. damn confusing. Like, they didn't, they didn't even, they never took the right step in the right direction in the two years. So I'm, t- I'm tired of that, that, coming from the other side of the, of the aisle, the Chad Morris side of the aisle, the, well, you never gave him a shot. You never oh, gave him the time. Oh my gosh. You don't, you don't get throttled to, to non-power five teams like North Texas and, and Western Kentucky. You yeah. have to show the fans, the administration, you have to show recruits. You've got to show people that you're taking the necessary steps, the right steps. We never got a hint of that. Hence he's out, he's gone. And that's what happens. And that's yeah. that's what should have happened. It's it's I tippy toed around saying that today in both my live shows because I already kind of got a reputation with with saying that about Mike. Like, hey, you got to walk. You know, we got to walk away from this. But that was eight years, yeah, and zero signs of them doing any better. And and a horror, just a, a not so great NCAA tournament run at all. Never getting past the second round, so on and so forth. This is a completely different set of circumstances. This was no, just no, no good product on the field, regression, and all the above. I mean, it's yeah. just um, a, a nightmare, and it's a dumpster fire. Yeah, and let's not. I mean this this whole thing with Chad Morris though was okay. Letting get it, let his, letting get his recruits in and, and flip the roster. Letting we never got a hint of the two back offense the the offense that he used at Clemson or SMU oh we have to get we we don't i mean Musselman, even even last week against Rice he said we still have to figure out what our identity is there was no identity in 2 years under Morris what are we a running team one week or are we a passing team the next i mean if it wasn't for Rakeem Boyd's two touchdown runs last uh, last night we wouldn't even had 30 yards of offense. I I mean, maybe a hundred, hundred yards of offense, but a really, really telling sign also was the lack of carries given to Rakeem Boyd, your star. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't, I don't understand how a guy can average. What did he average against these guys? Uh, like 15 yards a carry or something. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's insane. He gets 12, maybe 13 carries a week. And yet he's your, he's your, uh, your most important asset to your offense. Um, you know, I mean, just based on performance alone, obviously your quarterback and offensive line have got to be your 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 positions you should be able to lean on. But from from a skill position standpoint, really, he was your. I think he was your best player on this on this on this on the on the football team yeah. between him and Cheyenne O'Grady. And yet, week in and week out, twelve carries, eleven carries, thirteen carries. I, I don't understand it. I do appreciate what he tried to do with Traylon Burks. They tried to find ways to get him the ball, it, but it was it was like they did that, but they completely ignored the guy that was getting 
getting the great production on the field, Rakeem Boyd. And and that's that's a question too. And I think we'll talk about that here in a minute. What happens with Rakeem and and, and uh, guys on this team? Are they are they going to transfer out? What does the next guy have to look forward to coming back? So and because of how bad of the situation that was set up by Chad Morris, you know the disappointments and everything. There's there's so much to cover in this podcast, Jacob. Holy cow! Absolutely. And I mean, there there I still believe to this day that there's more talent on this team than what their record shows. And I and they always say your record is what you are. Mm. You are what your record is. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I believe it. But sometimes I don't believe it. Yeah. Because, I mean, you don't have the studs at every position, like running back with Rakeem Boyd or your Traylon Burks and Trey Knox, Mike Woods, whether they're young, they're still star receivers. And you have C.J. O'Grady. If you just game plan a little bit with your studs, feed them, let them, let them do what they can. I mean, and then you have, I mean, I, I like Tyson Morris. I, I like so many of these guys that they have that are walk-ons, but you're not going to win SEC ball games with a bunch of walk-ons out there. Feed your studs. Let them be in the game. Play, game plan around them. And that's not what they did the entire two years. Heck, they didn't even give Rakeem Boyd maybe 15 carries before the Auburn game last season. When he finally came on the scene and showed he was capable. So, uh, Ty, man, it's it's going to be a fun ride the next couple of weeks. It's it's going to be a well for the rest of the season and 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 all of the off season. It's going to be, you know, the the recruiting recruiting philosophy of this next head coach is it going to run guys off uh does the coach run some of these players off the, these these recruits they already had one decommitment today i believe um uh savion i think decommitted the wide receiver now i don't know if that's been verified just yet uh, but that's the latest i've heard there you're you're yes. going to have the transfer portal over at the uh bobby hopper tunnel here in the state of arkansas that's where the transfer <laughs> that's where the portal's located <laughs> Uh, that that joke went over some people's heads on Facebook, oh, and it's like, yeah, you're not listening to the freaking podcast. Why don't you listen to the show? Right. <laughs> That's where that came from the the Bobby Hopper transfer portal here in here in uh, Arkansas, Northwest Arkansas. But yeah. um, it's going to be an interesting ride. You're right, and and and. Who is the next coach? Ultimately, that's the biggest question. Who's it going to be? I guess that's what we're going to tackle in this next uh, this next portion of the of the show. Yeah, so stay tuned to the next segment of the Hog Talk Podcast, episode number 38. The Yellow Jacket Drive-In is the hub of downtown Shedden, Arkansas. They are the home of the Hubcap Cheeseburgers. They will give you crinkle-cut french fries that will tease your palates. The tastiest shakes in the state at 100 North Rock Street in Shedden, Arkansas. They are family-owned, fast service, and the folks of the Yellow Jacket are ready to see you. Call in your order ahead at 870-942-2486. Welcome back to episode number 38 of the Hog Talk Podcast. This is your host, Jacob Davis. With me, as always, is Ty Hudson from the Picture Up Podcast and YouTube channel. So, Ty, Frank Broyles used to have a list of names in his back pocket in case he needed them for when he fired and do hire a head coach for football or basketball, baseball, whatever. 
names off that list were Lou Holtz, happened. Ken Hatfield happened. Houston Nutt happened. He also had fallbacks for Tommy Tuberville and many others. As a athletic director, Ty, we're gonna. I'm gonna ask this. This one's gonna be the second question. I mean, you're a check. Who are the names that he is gonna have on his list? Uh-huh. But I don't want to know if you're you're a check. I want to know who your dream scenario would be for the Razorback next head coach of the Arkansas Razorbacks. Who is on your list? If let's pretend like the University of Arkansas has the ability to get the guy here. Um, and was as attractive as you know some of the other major programs, and, and didn't have the uh, the issues that they have with the with the in-state talent and all that. If I could pick anybody, I think I would have to go with Urban Meyer. Ooh, and that's a it's, good one. he's he's and maybe it's maybe it's obvious because Urban Meyer is the biggest name that, that's out there as far as a, a you know in any coaching search, he's going to be on most teams' shortlist. I get it. Um, so it's probably not a huge shock, but I really like what he's been able to do. I know he's got some baggage. I'm willing to overlook that. You know, I, I just am. Other teams do it all the time. They overlook the baggage, you know, quite a bit, assuming it's not too bad. And I think Urban, I just, I think he would win here. I do. And, and um, there's there's some questions about his his recruiting philosophy and how all that would work and how, you know, how how would he – would he focus on the things that make Arkansas successful here, or would he just be looking for the next job to, to jump to? But I, I would, I would definitely like Urban Meyer would have to be Urban Meyer would be at the top of my list. I don't. Other than that, like basically, the names that have already been kind of tossed around that are realistic options are, are probably going to make that short list too. And and so, I guess I'll go into the to the to the Hunter Urichek list. If we're if we're coming back down to reality, I guess um, I think on that list will, would probably be names like Mike Norvell, Mike Leach. Um, I've heard Bill Clark. I have no idea why Bill Clark keeps getting mentioned. That's like the third time I've seen I've seen that name mentioned. He's at. Uh, for those of you who are like, who the hell is that? I know that was kind of my response too the first time I heard his name, but. Bill Clark is the head coach over at UAB, and he has done good work over there, but that is the most – it's not quite as bad as the Chad Morris hire in terms of, like, what Chad did at SMU because the guy did go 11-3 and three in 2018. He went 8-5 and five the year before that and 6-6 six and six his first year. And while he was at Jacksonville State in 2013, he went 11-4. and four. And right now in 2019, they're 6-3. They're and three. But it's UAB – and I'm 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 just like it's not a name I think that's going to shock anybody, and I don't think that realistically he makes anybody's list. Not this year, um, especially not for the Hogs. I could see them maybe adding Matt Rule from Baylor on that list. Yeah, um, they're currently undefeated. They've got Oklahoma coming up next. That's going to be a ball game, ladies and gentlemen. College game day is going to be there. Are they there? Is that yeah. oh, okay? They're there. I didn't know that. That's going to be a big one. Um, and then Matt Campbell, another Big Twelve coach up at Iowa State. And his resume doesn't blow you away as far as what he's done at Iowa State, but it's Iowa State, you know. That's a hard place to win. It's a friend of mine said, you know, that's the Arkansas of the Big Twelve, and I said, well, maybe now they are. And the roles have kind of reversed. Now Arkansas is worse than what Iowa State used to be considered in the Big yeah. Twelve. Hell, they're worse than what Vanderbilt. You know, they are now. It's that's the joke. You're the you're now the Arkansas of that conference, right? That's what Arkansas is in the SEC. Um, 
it's it's I think he would be a good fit here. I think I think Matt Campbell would be a good fit. I think you know, and then Lane Kiffin was another one. Uh, Mike Norvell would have to be between Mike Norvell, Matt Campbell, and Matt Rule. I just realized that's the battle of the of the M's. Matt Campbell, Mike Norvell, Matt Rule, Mike Leach. <laughs> a lot of M's for the first names there. But I, those are those are some names. If I had to pick, if I had to yeah. pick out of the bunch, I, I I don't know. I think it'd be a toss up for me between uh, Mike Norvell and Matt Rule, and then Matt Campbell. I don't man, I don't know. And that's the thing. Like this is so early, we don't even know who really yeah. is a realistic option. Matt or uh, uh, Matt Rule at Baylor was given an extension, but because they're a private school, we have no idea what those numbers are, and we right. won't know unless ba- unless Baylor releases them. Uh, Mike Leach has expressed. I mean, it's pretty much it's pretty well known. He's he wants to come into the SEC. Mike Norvell. There's rumors that that the board of trustees kind of burned the bridges with him. I, I don't know that there's truth to that. And Matt Campbell, I had a picture sent to me, and I meant to send this to you earlier, and I forgot to, Jacob. Um, someone had been on a message board, and I'm not going to say who, but there's a pretty reliable source who was claiming that Matt Campbell wants to coach in the SEC. Well, um, chance. And this is a guy that, look, was, was offered the opportunity to go interview for the New York Jets, and he declined the interview. Wow. I know it's the Jets, but if anybody – listen, this guy, Matt Campbell, has been a three-time coach of the year. Three times. He was the Mac coach of the year once back in 2015, and twice in the Big 12 he's been the coach of the year, 2017 and 2018. Um, he's getting – John- 2015 year, though, was the year he beat Arkansas. Yeah, the, 2015 they went 9-2. and two. He didn't coach their bowl game, yeah. but they went 9-2 and two and 6-2 and two in conference. Uh, his Toledo record was 35 and 15. His current uh, Iowa State record is 20, 24 and 22. I know that's not the most sexy number, but again, like a good coach, the things you're looking for in a hire, Campbell kind of lives up to him. And some friends of mine earlier, we were talking. I was like, I just, you know, Campbell just doesn't really do it for me in terms of, you know, the the when you look at the the record and, and what he like, it's not that great. The best he's done at Iowa state's eight and five, but then you look at the accolades, you look at the, the, the fact the NFL was really looking at him, wanted him to interview. He's been a three time coach of the year. Again, that was once in the Mac and twice in the big 12. Uh, like you mentioned what he did in 2015 against Arkansas, he's got the power five wins. He's got the conference wins and in, in the big 12, uh, they're they're off to they're they sh- they could finish. I I haven't looked at their schedule. I think they're six and three. I think currently. Yeah, they they've had a pretty exceptional season uh, at Iowa State. I really I really like what he's done there. Mm-hmm. Honestly, he he picked a tough job. That is he a tough job. He, he had if if it was up to me, I would never have picked Iowa State as my coaching destination after I left Toledo. And if I had anywhere I could have gone, if I wanted to. I probably wouldn't have picked Iowa State, but I mean he's a Midwestern guy, so I figured that's why he might have stayed around there. But hey, if he wants to take his shot at the SEC, I'd take him. If I'm not mistaken, he's a part of the Urban Meyer coaching tree, isn't that right? Wasn't that his? I'll, let me. I'll Google that. I will Google that real quick. I'm not. I, I'm not too sure where where he's from, but it wouldn't surprise me if he was a part of that tree. Cause he, I know he spent some time at Bowling Green off and on, which Urban Meyer yes. was at Bowling Green. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he wasn't. Oh, with, you're right. You're right. Uh, it said that uh, he worked under uh, Tim, he was, Tim yeah. Beckman. 
Yeah, he was there. He was at Bowling Green after Urban okay. Meyer left. Okay, like three or four years after that. All right. Uh, he's young too. That's the other. That's the other approach. He's not that much older than I am. He's thirty nine years old. Um, you know, I, I. The question too with him with Matt Campbell is his is his buyout, and I've heard it's pretty excessive. I don't. I, there's been all sorts of numbers thrown out there. I, I, I do you have that? Because I don't have that in front of me either. I, I thought it was nine million, but I think it might be more. It was high two seasons ago when Arkansas. I mean, Arkansas was looking for another coach after firing Brett Bielema. It was really Arkansas was trying to go after a bunch of different guys. Matt Campbell was the one whose name was thrown out the most. Apparently, it's $7 million, and if he leaves okay. another job before February 1st, uh, it'll drop then. It drops oh, $1 million that. annually after that. Oh, they're not going to wait for that. You can't. No. You know, that's, 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 that's you're basically bad. missing out on two signing periods at that point. Exactly. I, I like him a lot. I think the more I've been able to think about it, and I literally have been changing my mind. We had this conversation this morning, and the more I've been thinking about it, I'm like, you know what? Campbell actually has – He's got the accolades. He's got that pedigree. He's got it written yeah. all over him that he can win. He's had Iowa State ranked. Um, he had them on a pretty good run. He's beaten teams. They have no business beating it at, at Iowa State. Right. It's not like he's coming from a non-Power 5 where he barely had any success. No, he coached, what, like five five years, I think, at Toledo. He's been at Iowa State now for four. He's been around. He's got a 59-37 and 37 overall winning record. Again, I know that 24-22 and 22 record at Iowa State – is is tough. Year one, he was three and nine. But listen to this though, three and nine. Year one in a in a power five turns around in, in the second year and they go eight and five. That's an incredible turnaround. Except that's unbelievable. I mean, Brett Bielema. Remember his year one to year two? They talked about what he did in year two. How unbelievable that was. Yeah. Well, Campbell did did more, and you could probably argue with less. Yeah. Because it is Iowa State we're talking about. Yeah. By the way, that's where Le- Michael Petway transferred. Right, season. and he's having a really good season. Is so he? Far. Is he doing yeah. good? Well, good for him. Yeah, he's doing good. Uh, another name I want to throw out, which I've had plenty of people throw this name out. Okay. Chris Kleeman at Kansas State. Mm. A guy that's beaten TCU, OU, Mississippi State, and Kansas this season. Wow. In his first year. Yeah, it's his first Texas. year. I was going to say, Snyder retired. He's sitting at, he's sitting at six and three. It's not bad. Three and three in conference play, uh, following a legend. And I mean, I, I know a lot of people don't consider Bill Snyder being a legend, but what he did at Kansas State is legendary. If take you don't a, consider take, Snyder a legend, you need to get your head checked. Yeah. That guy's I mean, incredible. He took the worst program in college football and within two or three years had him relevant and bowl eligible every single year. And even took him to multiple Big 12 championships. And if it wasn't for a couple of losses, he may have been a competitor in the national on the national championship scene let's really quick and i like that name i i hadn't even i hadn't even thought of that yet um, but he won four he won four national championships at the fcs level in five years he, he was at north dakota state five years won four national championships in five years he runs a pretty crazy offense too I think. yeah it's dynamic who would have thought going from bill snyder's kind of offense to to chris Kleeman's offense i mean man it's it's really blown up. That's a name that's been floating around. I don't know if there's any legit, you know, links there. But people are he's turning heads up there. I I, I you know I yeah I take it. Shoot, I'm I'm not gonna 
at that point, like that's someone who's at least proven, even though he's got a short time at, at this level of right. football. Um, I know people are going to ask us about Mike Leach. Where are you at with him? Where, where are you at with Leach? I liked Leach and what he did at Texas Tech. I also liked what he's done at Washington State, really turning that program around too. But but everybody, I think a lot of things, a lot of fans know and like about him is he speaks his mind. Everybody likes a guy that's going to be a press conference hero. Like yeah. if you go to his presser, you know you're going to be entertained. I don't want to be. I don't want to be more entertained in a presser than I do on the field. And well, I liked. I liked what he's done on the field. I, I do. But. But. Would his offense sustain in the SEC? That's that's unknown. And the Pac-12 and the Big 12 is. They've always been historically an offensive league. Yeah. So I mean, and in in the SEC, you had to have a little bit of defense to compete. That's been I was going to say that's been the number one complaint is that his defense were defenses were always pretty bad. They're bend don't break. Petrino and, didn't have a defense here, and the guy no. won ball games. But that he was, had he had a couple incredible. of good defenses that complemented his offense. Uh, they complement, yeah, 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 absolutely. They complemented his offense. If if Leach could establish that here, that's that's great. He is someone, and the thing about him, my God, the guy makes bowl games. Holy crap. Yeah, like, every year. Every year except, I think, two years. In his coaching career yeah. since 2000 at Texas Tech, he's made he's made a bowl game. No, yeah. I'm sorry. One, okay. Let's see. Yeah, that's right. Every year but two. Because 2000, his first year, seven and six. And he was there until 2009. Um they made the bowl. They made a bowl game every single year he was there. And then you, you go to Washington State. Year one, he doesn't make the. He doesn't make a, a bowl. They go three and nine. Year two, they go six and seven. Year three, they don't make a bowl. And then ever since then, since twenty fifteen, I think yeah, twenty fifteen, they've gone yeah. to a bowl game every year. So I like I think, what he did with Gardner Minshew, though. He, <laughs> he develops Minshew, and that's what he yeah. does. He develops receivers and quarterbacks. Now, yeah. whether or not they're successful at the next level is one thing. You know, I, I that's. Sometimes that's yeah. just a bad fit on a bad team, but he develops talent. I mean, Michael Crabtree at Texas Tech was yeah. his guy, um, and like you said, Minshew, he he develops the talent. Uh, he could, I think, he churns out like he he's a he's an evaluator. That's something that I've heard people say that he's a yeah. really good evaluator. Um, my only, again, my issue, I'm like you, defense is something that I would be concerned about, and I don't know that. I don't know. Is is getting to bowl games like is that really kind of his ceiling here? Six to seven yeah. wins because the offense doesn't mesh in the SEC. Well, I think that's what Arkansas is. I think I don't think the ceiling is seven or eight wins. I you know the ceiling is is much higher than that. But With that's the right that's guy. the fallout with Chad Morris, though. You know, we expect we don't expect national championships. We don't expect to win ten games a year. Arkansas fans should expect them to be bowl eligible every single year, beat teams they should in not a conference play, and beat or win maybe three to four conference games a year. Maybe yeah. two on, on our bad years. That is that's the low level for Arkansas in the SEC. Nobody's expecting Arkansas to win 10 or 11 games a year. No. No. I mean even under Petrino, yeah, Arkansas had two finishes in the top five uh, or were consistently in the top five and top ten. But we knew Bobby Petrino the next year was going to – he may have struggled with that 2012 team. We'll never know. But Arkansas 
at, at, at this level should be a bowl contender every single year. I agree with that. I mean, cause every again, that's, year. that's all your non cons outside of, you know, next year you've got Notre Dame. That's understandable. You know, every once in a while they'll schedule a Texas or USC. And now I want to see that game. Notre Dame. I'm ready. I'm excited. Could you imagine Leach year one, uh, going up against Notre Dame? <laughs> Wouldn't that be exciting? I mean, that'd be interesting. Yeah. I, I, but, I look, think it, but also help. Hold on. Okay. KJ Jefferson, Traylon Burks, mm. and Trey Knox. If they don't transfer, which I hope they don't, I think Traylon Burks is a hawk. Uh, yeah. On on all, I mean, you don't know what happens to Trey Knox, but that the quarterback position, wide receiver position, and if pray to God that Raheem Boyd stays, the offense could be with the starters. The offense could be really good next year if if Mike Leach is the coach. If Leach is the guy, I don't think realistically is. I'm going to say this, K.J. Jefferson, speaking of him, and this was something I was asked multiple times in my chat, and it's it's crazy and you expect it, but, you know, with Urban, or Urban, excuse me, with Chad Morse gone, does K.J. leave? Look, I mean, K.J. was brought here. I mean, he was brought here to be the next Deshaun Watson. I'm sure yes. that's – we know that, that that's what he looked up to and what Chad Morse was selling him and, and um that's that's the problem you're going to have is is losing KJ. I'm also going to say this. I think KJ really raw passer, really really yeah. raw passer. Absolutely. I think I don't know that with a spread uh, uh, four and five wide throw the ball 45 yeah. times again. I don't know if that suits him. He's a great and and the potential is huge for him. He's a great RPO quarterback. Absolutely. But you you bring in a passing offense. I don't know that that's his cup of tea. I kind of said the same thing about Kelly Bryant. Go, well, I did say this going from Clemson's style of, of spread, R, you know, a high tempo RPO to what Mizzou does. I wasn't so sure that that was a good fit. It's been a better fit than I than I imagined yeah. it would be. Um, so maybe he could, but also Kelly Bryant's also a, a what a fifth year senior or whatever. Um, so right. he's had time to kind of. I uh, understand the speed of the game, but I think KJ at the end of the day, my concern with him is that if you brought in a Mike Leach, will he mesh with that offense? And not only just Mike Leach, I'm sure there's some other coaches that'll bring a certain style of offense and will KJ, John Steven, I don't know about Chandler. I don't know if he sticks around. My guess is no, but if he does stick around, I don't know if they're going to be able to mesh with what kind of offense this yeah. next head coach brings. He also may, may still have Starkle on the team. You never know. <laughs> But I mean, oh my God! <laughs> but could you? Could you? I mean, let's not pretend Mike Leach isn't a. He's not a guy. His air raid. He has an air raid offense, but he dinks and dunks you to death. Yeah, he does. That's true. So it's but, not like it's going to be. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna throw the ball eighty yards every single play. I mean, he's dinks right. and dunks you to death until he can beat you with a long ball. I can see that kind of methodical. I mean, that's what Tom Brady, Bill Belichick does. But he also has a little run game there that he can. Uh, spit it out to his running backs, and they're effective in the run game too. To be to be clear, you're not saying that KJ's Tom Brady. We want to no, I'm not clear. Don't go writing some hate mail at us. We're not trying to make the comparison. Oh, yeah, I'm just saying I, I, offensive loss. I get the sentiment about KJ because he's a highly rated four star. Everybody yeah. wants to cling to him as the future. I think he's the future in an RPO offense. That's yeah. just based on what film I've seen. And what I've heard, you know, Dudley Dawson and people who've watched him play, he's so raw in the passing game. And then you watched you watched his performance so far. I understand he's a true freshman. Again, calm your hate mail. I understand he's a freshman. 
but I mean, guys, he's got a long ways to Absolutely. go before we start talking about him being a, 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 a solid passing quarterback. But like you said, Leach likes to dink and dunk and he's developed, he's developed quarterbacks. And yeah. I think he could probably work with KJ, but I, at the same time, I don't think it's going to be Mike Leach. I just don't. No, I don't either. I, I think if you would have went after him, I, what's the thing about Mike Leach? So Arkansas fans, the, he gave Arkansas a compliment because War Memorial was loud. And people were like, oh, man, we got to get Mike Leach. He, he, he likes Arkansas, you know, likes Arkansas' crowd. That's the only time I've ever heard him mention Arkansas ever. Yeah. But if he wants to come to the SEC, I'll open the door. I mean, I'm open to anything right now. I just don't want to go 2 and 10 again. Yeah, and, and that's the other problem. And this is something else we talked about today. Do you throw A-plus money at a C-plus coach? No. Do you, do you throw big-time money? And this is what got us – listen – it, that's the other thing that we we completely forgot to mention, and that's our bad. We we were kind of we sat down and we were like, let's knock this show out. You know, we're able to do it. Let's go ahead and knock it out. We completely forgot this. The whole scenario that we're in right now, the situation that they're in right now at the university, is because they threw too much money at a guy like Chad Morris. Absolutely. They. You fired Jeff Long. You either waited too long or waited too late. I'm, I'm not really sure. You, the, the timing of all this was a nightmare. Absolutely. And you, at the end of the day, maybe they should have kept Brett. Maybe I was wrong. They should have just kept Brett another year and let the or let the new athletic director, you know, start the coaching search and make his pick. Instead, they got Cromer's people, this this interim AD, to come in and make the big decision here. And she shouldn't have. Now, and there's some that believe that this was the Board of Trustees all along, and even if that's the case, it, then we need to be pointing the finger at the board, the board of Trustees. This was mishandled, and it's why we're in the situation that we're in. They threw big-time money at a, at a C, well, I'm sorry, but an F-caliber, D-caliber coach in Chad Morris, and now you're stuck in this situation where money – may very well play a role, not to mention all these other assistants you're going to have to buy out. you still got the Brett Bielema stuff that could uh, that you're going to have to deal with. I'm not so sure. I know they haven't been paying him. I don't know if he's going to uh, – I think he is taking this whole thing to court, so you're going to have to deal with that. So timing and, 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 and the decision-making process from the, up, the higher-ups at the University of Arkansas, I'm sorry, they caused this mess. So now the concern is – how much are they willing to pay? How much can they pay? And what kind of money do you throw at the next guy? Because you have to be conscious of what you're what you're able to spend, what you're able yeah. to work with. And if, if if Matt Campbell, if it's true up at Iowa State, he's got that huge buyout. Maybe they walk away from him because it's like that's just too much money on the table right now. That's just too much. We can't handle that. And the same thing could be said of Mike Norvell. You know Memphis is going to battle for him, and and they've got him to stay this long. So it's. It's just it's such a nightmare. It's a it's a horrible situation that Arkansas's yeah. in, and I don't know. This next guy, it's going to have his hands full. Yurichek has his hands full. Let's be honest. You can't feel worse for a guy than Hunter Yurichek right now. He's had to make two firings and hire. He's going to end up having to make two a second hire for one of his big teams at yeah. his school in less than two years on the job. Breaking news, by the way. Uh, Dave Van Horn just retired. What? Dave Van Horn just retired. No way. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, Ty, why did you do that? Oh, no. Could you imagine that, though? 
Hunter, Hunter might be like, you know what? I'm out. I'm out. Oh, I quit. No. <laughs> I'm out. How am I gonna? How am I gonna re- replace a, a Hall of Famer? <laughs> yeah, that's a Hall of Fame coach. I don't know how you do that. That would be crazy. I, th- I think Dave Van Horn's got some time. Thank God, basketball. It looks like it's got it. Maybe they'll turn it around quicker than we expect with with Musselman, and you've got Dave Van Horn in baseball. There are there are there's some there is light at the end of the tunnel for the program. Not football right now but the program overall if you're a if you're a baseball and basketball fan hell the the women's soccer team fought for the sec championship today they lost to south carolina but hell they made it there there's there's good there's good going around and you know people want to say oh our program's dead look this arkansas program is going through a hard time right now it is not dead right this this program is not dead let's not pretend like brett bielema's tenure was a failure either Mm. Let's not pretend like it was at, we were De- defined we failure. Okay, so a failure is what we just experienced. Two and ten. Okay, so it's, you're saying okay, you're, it got well, worse. Okay, well, I guess it, we weren't a terrible team. We we went five. I mean, Arkansas went five and three in conference play in his third year. Yeah, they did. I mean, yeah, they lost to Toledo and Texas Tech that same season, but they still went five and three. Mm. Let's not pretend like Arkansas's. Arkansas is in absolute coffin, and, and the and the nail is about to be driven in. Let's not pretend like that's that's happening. Well, they're not. Arkansas's they haven't just, been that's three what wins a year. Saying, Ty, that's what people are saying right now. Is this Arkansas Arkansas uh, football program is just about to die, and it's not. It's not. And Trey Biddy said it best. That Arkansas, he he said Arkansas can recover. If Baylor can, Baylor, Ohio State, Penn State can all recover from, I mean, you know, Ole Miss is even more competitive than we are, and they all four of those teams experienced what could have been the death penalty. Well, okay, I don't know that throw Ohio State in that mix because Ohio State could. Ohio Ohio State lost a lot of lost a lot of stuff, and and then post Jim Tressel with with their uh, defensive coordinator that uh, that got. Uh, upgraded to head coach for a year. I mean, they it could have hurt them for a while, but within three years, they were playing for the national championship game. Yeah, I, I just don't know that I would throw Ohio yeah. State in that mix for sure. Or not. I mean, that, it's Penn easier State for too. Ohio State to recover than it is Arkansas. If Penn State, too. Because they're, they, not, they they're not a, a what Kansas was, right, where they're, where they're winning three games a year for like a decade. 20 years. <laughs> Forever, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's been terrible for a long time, and now they've got less miles, and they, it appears yeah. they've maybe they've the ship the ship is headed in the right direction for KU, maybe you know, but their ceiling is different than Arkansas's. Yeah, the expectation exactly. here is like you said earlier, it's 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 you should make a bowl game like every year. That should be a thing at Arkansas, and it hasn't been. But Baylor is a great example. Baylor was absolutely the you know, a year in and year out, the bottom dweller of, of the Big 12, and they've been able – look what happened with Art Bryles. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm pointing towards. Is How all of that went down, and look at them. They're uh, they're ranked, they're, unde- they're undefeated, and they've got Oklahoma and Texas up. Um, if they split those two, Matt Rule might very well be coach of the year in the Big 12, and, and he probably in should the country. be. In the country, I agree, yeah, with Baylor. So, absolutely, it's not the end of the world. It's not – and and – They've just got to – you've got to let Hunter Yurchek – the board of trustees need to get the hell out of the way and let Hunter Yurchek do his thing. I think he did a great job with all of his other hires. So far, so far off the field preseason hype, 
He's done a good job, and it appears like Musselman is going to have these guys headed in the right direction sooner than later. Let him do the same thing. Let let yeah. uh, Hunter Juracek, that is, do the same thing with the football program. Yeah. Let Plus, get out of his way and let him make his hire. Yeah. Arkansas does play uh, basketball this coming Tuesday. Let, let's not let all this head coach nonsense get in the way of what Eric Musselman will do on Tuesday night against North Texas and mm. Fayetteville at 7 o'clock on November 12th. I didn't ask, so I want to know your list. I want to know what you think, Jacob. You don't want to know my list. I want to know your list, Jacob. Tell me. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, I mean, just like last make- time. Yeah, obviously, just like last time, I wanted Mike Norville. He's proven himself. I mean, he he showed showed out in his primetime debut on ABC. I think he I think he showed what he could do against SMU a couple of weeks ago. I, I'm a I'm a Mike Norville guy. I, I brought up Chris Kleeman earlier. Yeah, he he has some FCS experience. Won five national champion, four national championships in five years. There, uh, is turning around Kansas State. I mean, not that they needed turning around, but he's they haven't skipped a beat under Bill Snyder. They might even be better. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to go with Lane Kiffin. A lot of people won't Lane. No. But what he's doing at FAU right now is, is not impressive. It, it, it's actually, I mean, I'm. He's he's not winning the games or winning at the rate that I thought he would post Alabama. His first year was okay. This year, not so much. Yeah, first um, year's uh, yeah. uh, 11, 11 wins. Is that what yeah, he did? Yeah, yeah. And it's just gotten worse since then. I like Matt Rule at Baylor. I think Arkansas, I don't know if they have a realistic shot at him just because he's a, a uh, East Coast guy, was uh, was from Pennsylvania, coached at Temple. I think he might wind up back at Penn State in some capacity one day down the road. I think he might. I think he might end up if if he if James Franklin ever parts ways with with Penn State. I think he might be the guy there. Uh, but I, I I like Matt Rule. Um, let's see, Lincoln Riley. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I I don't know. And and I mean obviously if Tom Herman. If he gets fired from there, you're not going to see Charlie Strong. You're not going to see Tom Herman. Um, but I just don't. I don't know of any other guys really that just impress me. Saying like I don't. I, I think if if you get the right guy, you can get seven or eight wins, and maybe get the seedling of ten every now and then. But you're not going to have a splash hire like Bobby Petrino. You're not. I don't know that that. I don't think if that'll ever happen again. That was a. <laughs> That was incredible, and and yeah, I'm with you. My birthday, that was did it really? That was a great birthday present. Oh my gosh, yeah, not too bad for four years. That was the gift that that kept on giving for four years. (laughs) But you know, I just don't. If I look out there right now, there's no coach that really impresses me. Do you think you get Mark Rick out of retirement? And I don't know that I would want Mark Rick. I like <laughs> I mean, what he did at Georgia, and and he was able to kind of sustain what he was doing at Georgia with Miami. But then he, yeah. Miami is a tough job. It is a tough job. And you're seeing it with Manny Diaz right now, who was one of the hottest defensive coordinators becoming head coaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Mario Cristobal at at Oregon, but Oregon's its own brand. You're not going to see Mario leave there. Man, I can go through so many guys at the top of my head that I'd like to have, mm-hmm. but then again, I'm just thinking, it's just I just don't think it's going to happen. I I'll say this: I think the 
as it stands right now, and it's here's the good news. I'll start here. The good news is you've got a hell of a head start. Yeah. Um, you've got Florida State, and there's one other school that walked away out on the West Coast. I can't remember who. There was someone Rutgers. else. Rutgers let go. Okay, of Chris so Rutgers not really West Coast. They're Northeast. There's someone out west. Is there? Did, didn't someone in the Pac-12 fire a, a coach? Or am I crazy? Gosh, I don't know. You may be you're crazy. right. Rutgers. So you got Rutgers. You've got uh, you've got Florida State, but you're still ahead of everybody else in the SEC if they're making if they're thinking about making any coaching changes anywhere. Um, you've got a head start, and I think this list is better. What I was going to say earlier, this list is better than what they had to work with in, in 2017. Yeah. And now, again, I blame timing and the mishandling from the Board of Trustees for why we ended up with Chad. Now you've got Hunter Yurichek. From what I understand, the BOT stepped out of his way with every hire he's made so far. I have confidence that he'll get the guy. I think he I yeah. think he understands and apparently he had that reputation at Houston as well. He knows who to get. He he hired Tom Herman. I mean, I thought at the time Tom Herman was a hot name in the coaching ranks before at, while he was at Houston. He hired Tom Herman and made Memphis, I mean, made Houston really competitive. I mean, they they apparently had done that with with some of the women's teams too where he yeah. had to make some changes and and now I don't know how those resulted but from what I've understood, I remember when they hired Hunter, they had bragged about what he was able to do too at the yeah. women's. And look at the women's, you know, softball. I think they're a lot better. The soccer teams over here compete for the SEC championship. You know, women's golf, I think, is still pretty competitive. Um, but I think I think that's a lot of the reason why Stacy Lewis, who is on the athletic director search, was really sold on what Hunter did. Yeah. Oh, that's right. She was. That's right. Well, and it's showing. It's showing. And, and his hires again. They've been so far preseason hype. They've been pretty high. And there's there's pretty. I think there's some expectation there with Musselman to get this. You know, to, right. to, to have some success pretty early. And so maybe maybe that he could do that with football. Maybe the names are out there. But I think this is the best list compared to what they had when they brought in Chad. And now you've got the right pieces in place to make it happen and to yeah. get the right hire. The only the largest variable in this equation is money. It's all the it's it's Bielema, it's Chad Morris and that staff. I think they're I, I mean, are they still paying Jeff Long? Like I think they are. They they mistaken. did for a little bit, but I think now that he took the athletic director position at Kansas, I don't think they're any no longer paying him, but I'm not not truly sure. Well, they're going to pay Chad for a while, I'm sure. Chad's yeah, buyout. I don't know what that's going to be on a yearly basis. Okay, so it's like two hundred four thousand a month, and for oh. the next like three seasons, twenty twenty three, four seasons. <laughs> it's it's that's hard to recover from. <laughs> and, and you paid three million dollars to get your ass whooped in fame. <laughs> oh lord! I mean, how how many? What's the uh, What's the total amount that we paid out to losing a group of five teams during the Morris tenure? Uh, it has to be a record for any FBS or FBS Power Five team. It, well, it has they, to be a record besides Kansas. How many people have have made before. the claim that Chad Morris might be the worst hire in SEC history? Well, it, he has the worst winning percentage beyond uh, a certain amount of games. I saw that somewhere on Twitter. That's what you had to work it. with. Eighteen percent win percentage for for Chad Morris. That's the worst in school history. Yeah, <laughs> eighteen. It's point one eight four one. Worst in school history by three percent. That's terrible. Or four percent. Um, one more name to throw at you. 
Okay. And you know, you, you probably it. know who I'm about to throw at. Let's throw see. At. Oh, God. Gus, if you say bye, Petrino, I'm going to. Gus Malzahn. Ooh. If, do you think. I'm not getting the hate mail. You are. <laughs> I don't mind because I don't reply to it anyway. <laughs> I'd like, people are like, you don't reply to your people? No, because we don't ever get any hate mail. But because most of it's positive, 90% of it's positive feedback. And I'll reply to the positive feedback. The negative, I just kind of shrug it to the side. But Gus Malzahn, do you think he leaves Auburn for Arkansas? Or do you think he's pushed to resign because he can't get over Alabama? I don't want to touch that with a 10-foot pole. Why? <laughs> I don't want to touch not, not You him. act like he has gonorrhea or something. The, the topic. I don't even know if I want to touch this because it's the guy has played Arkansas twice. And he's gotten paid for it. We know the board. Someone on the board yeah. wants him. And that's the, that's the factor that people are not considering when they brush this conversation about Gus coming to Arkansas. They, they, they just want to ignore this, I guess, or they don't know. There's someone on the board, and I think it's more than one person, that wants Gus back. It could be. Very well be. If, if, and it's not a matter, I don't think, of, I think Auburn might, might do away with him. At the end of the year, if, if he gets smashed by Bama, um, you know, how last year went down when they were top 10 pick team last year and it all fell apart. And then this year, what are they looking at right now? Nine and nine right. and three or eight, eight and four? And four it could eight be. Th- I think, yeah, eight and four right now if they lose to Georgia and Alabama. And they probably will. I, well, I don't know. Georgia could be a finger, could be a uh, uh, yeah. uh, coin flip. But Bama, they're going to lose to, I think. At the same time, I'm not so sure about Bama because they haven't played anybody, and the yeah. one team they have played beat them pretty good at home. But um, yeah, if if he loses, let's say he finishes with an eight and four record, they're 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 going to fire him. So now yeah. you have this realistic situation of does the board or, or Hunter does the does the board force Hunter to wait on Gus Malzahn again? And here we go with the Chad Moore stuff all over yeah. again. You have to settle for somebody. That's, that's the that's the thing, yeah. And but the good thing is this time Arkansas started out two weeks early. What does it and matter? Gu- and, but Gus, no. but Gus can't make the SEC championship game either. I don't think Auburn. I don't think Auburn can virtually win the SEC West and get to the championship game this year. No, they're eliminated. Yeah, they're eliminated. I mean, sure. I mean, I mean, plus. Auburn gave LSU the best game yet. Alabama had to come back last night to make it make it even close. Yeah. So I mean, Auburn game plan, but the thing is, Auburn's so close to Atlanta, and and that big recruiting advantage that that Auburn has and Gus has right there for his taking. That that's how he. I mean, I don't. But the thing is, it's the unknown. Can he recruit to Arkansas? Are you making the case for him? Are you saying that I'm just playing I'm just playing it. I'm just trying okay. to I'm not making my case for him. Okay. Devil's advocate. Okay. I don't I don't care if he comes or not. But the thing is that that he's gonna his name is going to come up, Ty. Mm-hmm. His name's gonna come up. Every oh, yeah. coaching search. It came up in thirteen, it came up in uh seventeen. Does it happen? That's okay. So he could go looking at it, we we're way behind on, on what Auburn's doing. I tell you, this is what this football season has done to us. Like we're just so over it. We've completely moved on to basketball. Um, they have, I mean, he did beat Oregon, right? Yeah. So they have two losses at Florida, 24 to 13 and at LSU, 23 to 20. Yeah. 
they very well could beat Bama. I don't know. Maybe. Um, that was at LSU, and they only lost by field goal. And then they've got Georgia at home. It's – oh, man, here we go again. See, this is why I didn't want to touch this, Jacob, that gummit. <laughs> I, I I think I, we have to go off the scenario or, or the belief that they don't make the SEC championship, which I I guess they haven't They haven't been eliminated technically yet because they still right. have the two SEC games. And, you know, but I don't see LSU losing to anybody here on out. Um, the thing so, is, I mean, what if, what if Gus loses out the rest of the season? He gets fired that Sunday after the Alabama Iron, or wait, Saturday after the Iron Bowl, and then Monday would he become Arkansas's head coach? <laughs> December second, which could, is the day I'm before my birthday. People, this could be a scenario that we have to face at the end of the year because again, there's people on the board that want Gus. Here, I don't know how Hunter Yurchek feels about it. Supposedly, I don't know if you saw this. Hunter Yurchek went to fans and was talking with fans about about the coaching. Did you read that? No, I didn't. No. Someone shared that on on Twitter, and it could be BS. I mean, it is social media after all. But someone had shared that he had gone to some fans and not just like the higher up season ticket season ticket holder, but like casual fans that had talked to them about the coaching search. Um, and it's also possible they were talking about somebody else, but I'm pretty sure they were referencing Hunter Yurchek. Uh I guess, really, the thing that we don't know is how much the board is involved with this coaching search. Absolutely. If they're involved like they were in 2017, there is absolutely a chance they wait around for Gus Malzahn. And, and Gus Malzahn, was, he, he's the one that referenced Chad for the job. <laughs> well, I thought that was Dabo. It was Dab- Dabo, probably, but Gus said, hey... Go check out my man. From what I've understood, Gus referred uh, Chad Morris for the job. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he did. I think you're right, Jacob. Speaking of Dabo, oh. while we got Dabo on the subject, ah. let's bring this up. Oh, Peck. Peck, where are you, man? Hope yeah. you had a good vacation. So, this come from Saturday Down South, and this is Eric Boynton, uh, I'm assuming from Saturday Down South, sharing a tweet about his conversation with Dabo Swinney following the firing of Chad Morris, who is the former office coordinator of, of Clemson under, you know, really got the ball rolling with him there. And he said, Dabo said, there's not a lot of patience, but I understand with the amount of money being paid and the expectations everybody wants to win yesterday, it's not that easy. He took over a very challenging situation. I hate it, but he'll be fine and learn from it, grow from it, and land on his feet somewhere. I think if he had had time, he would have built a very good program there. You hate, it didn't work out. He also then said, tough business. I hate it for him and those guys on the staff and their families. There are going to be a lot of good people in this business fired if you only get one year and a half to build a program. Mm. Oh, man. Ty, that, that ending there. That burns me. You cannot build a program going forward if you show no promise going forward. You can't build a program losing the program to other non-Power 5 programs. Yeah. Uh, like the, That's with never the likes, happened. Uh, with the likes of San Jose State and, and the teams that we've already mentioned, North Texas. When you're 4-18 and 18 overall and 0-14 and in conference – um. Yeah, your seat's going to be red hot at even non-power five schools. Yeah, um, that's embarrassing. 
Uh, Dabo's protecting his boy. I get it. I'm not like we saw the same thing. We talked about this before we started recording. This reminded me so much of Billy Donovan with uh, with Palfrey when he oh, took man. a jab at Arkansas. And and you know it's it's typical. It's it's their it's their guy, and they want to stick up for him. He can't come out and say, well, you know what? Chad went four and eighteen and zero and fourteen in conference. He should have seen it coming. He's not going to come out and do that. Um, but at the same time. If if that's what you, if you're telling fans you got to be patient with that kind of record, with that kind of performance and conference play, and your overall, and you're again going back to those all those embarrassing losses, um, you should never settle for that. Yeah, you should never settle for that. And if we start settling for, I mean, his the ceiling for Chad Morris based on this is what at the very best mediocrity, and that's at the very best. And Arkansas, and I think you've got to have a certain mentality and a certain attitude towards, you know, your coach and, and the expectations of that coach. And I'm sorry, but we've got higher standards here than four and eighteen, Dabo. I'm sorry. Um, and I know Porter is going to stick up for his guy, and I and I don't blame him. Um, just like what Dabo's doing for Chad, I get it. But this is uh, even Porter will tell you this had to happen, and yeah, it and it did. and it did. It he had to happen. So Arkansas did just lose their second commitment of the day, which isn't surprising. Uh, John Gentry of Houston, the running back commitment. This is expected. Yeah, uh, I expect Chandler to decommit. I do expect, like we said earlier, you're going to have transfers, and this is what happens. This is this is the natural progression of a coach change. Yeah, it happened under Brett Bielma too. From the from from the time Brett Bielma uh, was fired to to the time Chad Morris was there, he only had like six guys to work with on that signing class because of the early signing period. Now it kind of hurts the uh, new coach coming in. I wish they would have never, I wish they would have never incorporated that rule. I I liked it at first. I I did. I liked it at first because I thought it was really cool to, to be able to get a kid before they go into Christmas break or really it's kind of in the middle of their Christmas break, but it still gives you the opportunity before spring and, or or, excuse me, before, uh, before their next semester of school, to get them to sign, I, I liked it at first, but no, I hate it, especially now. <laughs> it's yeah, easier to say now, but it's yeah. going to work against teams that. And, and who does that affect more? Who are the teams that are constantly having to make coaching changes? Those teams that are outside the top four nationally every there single you go. year. There you go. This only benefits the, the the upper echelon of college football, and it's it's gonna it's gonna hurt. It's gonna take an effect, and not only that, but. You know, it's going to rush these kids too to have to make a decision even earlier yeah. with with a program like Arkansas. Do you go ahead and sign, or do you wait until February? Right. I mean, that's that's a hard thing, and it doesn't matter who you bring in; they're going to struggle trying to get commitments within the two week period. From I, I'm a, I think the signing day is the third third Wednesday of December, second Wednesday of December. It's gonna be tough for the next coach to get. Get a couple of commitments to stay in there. You've got Blaine Toll. I'm sure he's going to stay in there. I think he's been all hog. And, I mean, there's really no guys. I mean, you can have guys transfer in like Billy Farrell, who uh, left the team last year. He comes out and and says, if, if, if they fire him, I'm coming home. He was a former defensive tackle out of Fordyce, Arkansas, who left Arkansas uh, this past offseason. Uh, what everybody says was his knees, but that's what he said. Yeah, yeah. Several other several other former players also came out sharing their displeasure. Randy Ramsey, 
this is beyond me. This is after the Arkansas loss to Western Kentucky following <laughs> that. This is at 6.09 p.m. This is beyond me. I'm speaking out because these people had me playing three technique on most calls last year. That should explain the coaching right there. If you follow football, which, I mean, if you don't follow football, it, I mean, it's understandable that you don't know what the three technique is. It's just It just means that they were playing Randy out of position. Yeah. That's that's the best way to put it. Briston Gidry, who I thought was, I mean, if it wasn't for injuries, the guy could have been a star at Arkansas. He had to retire this past summer due to injuries with his knee after several surgeries. He says, I remember the first time meeting him telling us, if y'all doing things right, I wouldn't be here. Meaning, referencing the Bielema tenure ending and then Chad Morris coming and being coach and his first uh, the first time he ever was introduced to the players, he he said, "If I was if if y'all weren't doing things right here, I wouldn't be hired." That's what that's what Chad Moore said loosely. And then Briston Gidry goes on to say, "Dot dot dot." L O L. We'll have the tables turned. That was at six o'clock last night. Dan Skipper. He says, "As a guy who played at eighteen, stop blaming the kids you have and start developing the uh, that- developing them." <laughs> That is, you know, you had Chavis out there doing that. You had Chavis talking about the freshman that he's playing. Yeah. And now, you know, we've heard Chad Morris reference it. I was, I'm so no. sick of that. Sick and tired. Yeah. That that was the biggest, biggest one for me yesterday. It's because I remember Dan Skipper and and Denver Kirkland starting on the offensive line at Texas uh, against Texas A&M in 2013, four games into their careers at Arkansas. He goes on to say the recruiting blame game isn't the answer. Coaching them up is. Today should be about the seniors either way. Hashtag Whoopig Suey. Right. And then Jared Cornelius. Man, uh, the guy that called out fans for booing. He says, after Dan Skipper, what he said, he retweets Dan Skipper, and he says, amen, in all caps with an exclamation mark. He says, this is not a player problem. With not in all caps. He says, four out of the five years I was at the U of A, I honestly felt like I improved my game in one or more areas. Year five wasn't the case. These coaches are good guys, just not sure if they know how to develop players and come up with the game plans. Drew Morgan, who's also been on our show a couple or one time, he he retweeted that and also agreed with Jared Cornelius. Pretty clear. Skipper. Pretty clear that former a lot of former players you get some of them have yeah. moved on, and it's real easy to kind of. Yeah, back on on what happened here, but it's it's pretty clear yeah. that they're Ragnall right. Ragnall was one of them that hit on it. Um, Ken Hamlin, he too, he he as well, who's retired now from the NFL. He's been very vocal on Twitter about his displeasure for for how the Razorback uh, program has looked over the makes past you, few it weeks. Makes you feel a little better when you when you bitch and complain and moan about what's going on to hear these former players that agree with you. And, and yeah. it's also interesting to hear them point out specifics too. I like that. Yeah. But you know that I wanted to bring that up and also the Dabo stuff, just because it shows both sides of the story here. You have, you have the fans and the former players point of view, and you also have the guys that want to defend Chad Morris, which there's not many guys out there. You either win or you don't, or you, you get fired or you get extensions for winning. That's yeah. the thing. You're either praised or you're not. Yeah. And 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 that's part of the game. You see it in every sport. That from the very beginning of time with sports, that's that's what it is. You're either the winner or the loser. If you're not first, you're last. Wait, that wasn't from the Olympics. That was from Ricky Bobby. 
but you know, shake and bake. Yeah, wasn't a whole so, lot of shaking and baking going on in Fayetteville. No, there wasn't. At least Raheem Boyd was out there shaking and baking on his eight carries for 188 yards and 23.1 yards per carry. He ain't coming back. No, nah, he gone. He One thousand yard rusher. He gone. He gone. Man, if he would have just, I, I, I'm sorry, I ramble, guys, but if Raheem Boyd would have been properly used, besides eight to thirteen carries a game. Oh, man, he could have put up some pretty good yardage this season. It's really looking like his career SEC yards per carry could could surpass. Felix Jones? What is Felix's? Well, and Felix got more carries in SEC yeah. play, I'm sure. I, I don't know what the numbers are, but I know that he's he's put up some crazy good numbers. And if Arkansas was winning, and if they were, like you said, feeding him the rock – more than yeah. 10 times a game. Who knows what he could have done. Oh, yeah. I've also forgot to mention D-Mac, what he said. And most fans have probably already seen this. He said, whoever we bring in, I hope they can keep our homegrown talent in state. If you look back the majority of the time when we've had successful teams, the core group of guys are from Arkansas. So I've reached out to Darren McFadden to, to get his view on this. Hopefully we can get him on the show in a few weeks, maybe for him to, to – broaden out what, what he's what he means about the uh, homegrown talent it's hard I mean at the time with with who he was being coached by he could find the diamonds in the rust Houston Nutt could it's all he about could. evaluation it's all about it was, talent yeah. evaluation you can't you know we've had people on on in our chat before talk about you know we need to we need to only you, know, you need to grab all the top 15 20 players in the state of Arkansas if you want to win because they're Arkansas hungry well it's it's not that there's black not and fifteen white. to twenty. There's not fifteen to twenty kids in the state of Arkansas that can play D one football at the FBS or SEC level. There's not. There's not. Boom, right there, mic drop. Like there's just not. And, and not to say that Darren isn't you know wrong and what people say about being Arkansas hungry because I do think that's something about us about just having a chip on our shoulder. We you know we know that we're the state that everybody looks down on and we're just feisty down here. There's some truth to that. I, I agree with Darren and, and others who've, who've made that comment before but yeah there's a difference between a five-star highly regarded player and an unbelievable athlete in a darren mcfadden versus you know some other kids that don't have those kind of measurables and don't have that don't have you know that 429 blazing 40 speed yeah. darren and and the thing is houston not wanted to play him at safety first <laughs> and he got one carry against vanderbilt no four oh incredible oh five is oh five but man that was incredible. He had an incredible career at Arkansas as a homeboy. You wish that you 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 had you know maybe not twenty Darren McFadden's because then you I mean my God but <laughs> you wish you had more Matt Jones Darren McFadden yes. Peyton Hillis in state cr- great athletes coming out of the state like you wish you had more of them but that's just not the case here it's just not no, no. but I think I think. I think Arkansas in the future, it'll continue to look the same. If you target Texas, you get your surrounding areas in Tulsa and and Memphis and and Missouri and Louisiana, you target your regular recruiting areas, and then if a coach comes in and he has a pipeline somewhere else like Florida, it helps. And that's what we're going to end the show on. So, Ty, do you think – how – not do you think – but how big is this next hire? This is what we're going to end on. How big is the next hire for the football program at Arkansas? Well, they're all big. Um, uh, you know, 
and it's it's we have to add, we have to preference it that way because it felt like from day one with an interim AD the higher that that individual would make you kind of felt like would be the in between hire to the next guy. Maybe that's what Chad is. It just happened a little sooner than later. Um, I, I, it's got to be. You've got to nail it down. There's no doubt. It's, it's, it's very important that you get a guy that that, like we said earlier, that you don't throw a plus money at. That's a C plus kind of hire. But at the same time, when you when you look at the last, well, you look at Chad Morris, you look at Brett Bielma, you look at John L. What are those guys? What's what's Chad going to be doing next year? He's probably, like you said, he's either going to be a high school coach or he might be an OC somewhere. Brett Bielema is a defensive line coach, although it's in the NFL and he's done he's done you know good with the Patriots. But you know you look at John L. So a coach may look at that and go, well, the last three guys, you know, their head coaching career came to an end a little sooner than they would like. So now all of a sudden, maybe you're in a position where you have to throw that kind of money at a C plus higher. So. You, they've got to really evaluate, evaluate, evaluate. Hunter's going to have to really put this thing under a magnifying glass and and get the right guy. And then, is it going to be a hire that excites everybody? It may not. It, it, that, it may not be Eric Musselman 2.0 for the football program. You know, referencing what he was able to do with Musselman, that was an exciting hire. I don't know that he's able to do that with football. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. The names that we mentioned again, I, I, look, there's not any of them that I would be upset about hiring other than Bill Clark. My God, do not hire Bill Clark for right now. Maybe down the road, but not now. Um, it's it's important. They've, they've got to nail it down, and this has got to be the guy that, you know, that, that, that what we've seen with Chad, like that can't be, that can't be the standard moving forward. And it's not going to be, and Hunter's not going to let it be. The fans sure as hell aren't going to let it be. Thank you, fans, for voicing your opinions. Uh, keep doing so. Yeah, yeah. They, they've got a, it's I don't know that it's got to be a home run hire necessarily because you get someone in here who's just getting into a bowl game, and then maybe they can build off of that. That might be enough, but I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot of fans, too, who want that home run hire. They're not going to be happy unless you get that home run hire. Right. Absolutely. So that'll do it for episode number 38 of the Hog Talk Podcast. Ty, it was a good show, man. I, I enjoy doing this with you every week. It's fun. It's This is one of those shows where we were just we were giddy about making, um, even though we kind of threw it together really quick. We were, <laughs> we were really giddy about doing it. And I had done, you know, I'd kind of been looking around coaches and yeah. looking at their, you know, what the options could be. But it's it's always fun. And I love doing those live shows over on the Pictural Podcast yeah. YouTube channel and it's fun talking with you guys yeah. and interacting. Absolutely. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, thank you to, I think, the 400 fans that liked our page last night. That was the uh, biggest, biggest uh, suction we've ever had <laughs> as far as getting fans into our content. So, yeah, we will like our page on Facebook last night. I think we had about 100 or so people follow us on Twitter, too, last night. That's incredible. That liked our con- content and that downloaded our podcast. Yeah, uh, we had, I think we had over 150 downloads uh, just from last night on our podcast. Uh, on our podcast from Thursday, by the way, uh, that wow. had already had uh, plenty of views. So people are wanting to hear good Razorback content and, and talk about what the future is. So, so hopefully this... 
this really helped them and 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 got them excited moving forward for the football program. So I think that'll do it for this episode. Uh, again, thank you for uh, tuning in, and uh, I know Ty thanks you too, guys. Uh, this is a good episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, come back again. This is episode number 38 of the Hog Talk Podcast. Jacob Davis and Ty Hudson signing out. Woo pig. Shelby Taylor Trucking is the leading timber company in the business. If you need your lane cleared today, call them at 870-942-7288. TMK Properties is a premier real estate agency for folks looking to move into Sheridan and the surrounding area of Grant County, Arkansas. Tony and Mary Kay Palmer, with their elite real estate agents, are equipped and ready to make your search for the dream home go smoothly as possible. Schedule an appointment with them today at 870-942-0800. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.